Is the Pittsburgh Pirates offense doomed? The group project thought process on this baseball team, and we take a final look at the week of June. Yeah, let's talk about this Pirates team. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, connecting with the city of Pittsburgh, even 650 miles away with the whole City Connect get up that was actually scheduled to come in today after this show, but came in Saturday at some point while I was at work. So here it is in the flesh. So you guys can all make your uh, assumptions based off of how it looks on me, but I wouldn't do that. Um, I'm not wearing bird dogs with it right now because I'm not comfortable with this Pittsburgh Pirates team. But, Gary, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, the team performance doesn't affect my life. So. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny now that people uh, come up to me at work if I'm wearing, like, pirate stuff and all this. And they're like, do you love baseball? And I'm like, yeah, I love baseball. I mean, I do a show on it five days a week. They're like, does that affect you at all? I'm like, yeah, just a little bit because I have to like determine the mood of like what mood am I going to have for this show? And um, I saw that I was there was a little thread yesterday on social media asking if I was going to have the same candor from when I was sick. No, no, because there's no reason to. Because if there's just going to be no effort to fix something that is clearly broken, I am not going to put the effort into getting upset about it and for everybody listening to this show who are i would assume are big pirates fans you know what that is when you have a weekend gary where your four starting pitchers combine for five earned runs over four games and you only win one of those games that is just the definition of ridiculous like i don't know what could be more ridiculous for this team to see that happen. And then even realistically in one of the games, if it's not for a boneheaded Carlos Santana stealing third decision that ended up in an error from Nick Fortes, they probably don't score a run there either. So I, I just don't know what to make of this offense anymore. Last week I had my message to Andy Haynes. I, I mean, that message still stands true. I don't know what can be fixed until something is changed. And at, the only thing that changes daily is the lineup. We never have the same lineup back-to-back days. That never happens. So is there anything that can fix this offense right now? And how do these pitchers feel, man? I mean, these pitchers have to hate this. I mean, the real answer is nobody knows, man. I mean, like, I'm, I think they should fire Andy Haynes. Do I think that firing Andy Haynes is going to instantaneously light a fire under the whole team and have them start hitting again. Not necessarily, but all I know is when you, when you get sick, you immediately go and you try to fix the symptoms, right? Like you get Kleenex, 
you get some Vicks VapoRub. You get some stuff like that that might make you feel a little bit better. It probably doesn't, really. At the end of the day, you're still sick, you know? But you you try to address it. Firing Andy Haynes is, is a Band-Aid, basically. It's a, a barrier to entry. It's the first thing you have to do. Mm-hmm. If you really want to try to see what's wrong, well, you got to get rid of something that is being unsuccessful and and i'm sorry man you spent 35 million dollars in free agency and the only one you're getting anything out of is andrew mccutcheon that 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 speaks to me to a, a a team that has a poor hitting philosophy i don't think the players instantly come here and start to suck because they suck or they they sign them all like at the time when when all of them at the exact same time were going to fall off a cliff. I don't think all the prospects were so poorly scouted that somehow they were successful all through the minors and then once they get here they stink. Yeah. I don't think that at all. I think there's a common denominator here and I would at least try it. That would be my first thing. And I think that's where I sit now, too, is it's the same kind of argument that for Pittsburgh fans for a while used with Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. They had all these weapons. There was random things that kept happening. And they said, you know what? We have to change something like something has at this point, too. This isn't just something that has been going on just this year either. Now, the last couple of years, you can make the argument that Andy Haynes quite literally did not have the talent to produce a good offense. That is a legitimate argument you can make over the past two years. But then when you start the year the way you did, then you bring up Henry Davis. You bring up all these guys that are supposed to be electrifying for your offense, and Henry Davis so far has been that. I mean, he's been the bulk of whatever you want to call this offense since he came up. But at what point since June 11th when you scored two runs and a win against the Mets to now where you've only scored more than four runs, I think, once over that entire span, and that was a loss, at what point do you just sit there and say, man, you can't do you Like, how do you just watch this as a staff every single day and change nothing. I, that That's where I get with it. Is It's like it's the same thing. It's the definition of insanity. It's the same thing over and over again with the same result. I mean, the result has not changed. Yes, they won on Friday. Cool. They won a baseball game for the first time in almost two weeks. But they still only scored three runs in that game. I mean, to me, it it's basically Ben Charrington's time to ask himself some tough questions. You've made a mistake one way or another. You've either made a mistake in your hiring of the hitting coach and honestly, your manager and, you know, the entire hitting plan is a failure Mm -hmm. or, or you have scouted poorly and brought in players that cannot do the job on the major league stage. Both could be true. I think it would be I think it would be difficult to believe that everyone you've drafted and everyone you've signed all stink the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like wow, we drafted 15 guys 
all all co- like we drafted college bats, high school bats, and they all like just can't do anything. Like that's they, really hard to. They believe. all wind up with the same hiccups. They all wind up with the same problems. They all wind up taking the same crappy approach at the plate, no matter what's going on, no matter who's coming up, no matter who's been up, no matter who's on base, no matter who's pitching. This team has very similar problems. And again, I don't think like you fire Andy Haynes and all of a sudden it's rainbows and butterflies all over the place and everything's great and they're winning the division. But I do think that you have to start somewhere, and that's where I'd start. Yeah, and I just don't see the point either of how you mentioned that's where you start. And then you do have to find somebody to replace the guy and then institute whatever philosophy they have as well. Why delay that when your season, for all intents and purposes, despite yet another terrible stretch, this is the second terrible stretch they've had this year, and they are still only five and a half back in the division. For one thing, it's really difficult in season yes. to fire somebody and then bring in their eventual long-term replacement. Mm-hmm. The market doesn't open until the off season. That's when you'll really see you know candidates come up. They do have some internal options. They've had some success with John Nunnally and AAA. Um, they've even sent guys down to get fine-tuned by him in the minors. Uh, Jack Sawinski last year, for instance, Rodolfo Castro last year, for instance. So they have a little history of leaning on him and he's gotten results. Yeah. Bring him up. I mean, like, bring him up, at least get a new voice in here, make him the interim guy, keep Marrero around if you like. You know, like, get through the rest of the season with a minimal change and see what you can do. Yeah, and I feel like even timing-wise right now, it wouldn't be that bad of timing either because you only have about a week and a half, maybe two weeks worth of games before you have four days off. And I mean, Ethan, he's not helping them. No. His job is to help hitters get better, right? It's, yeah. it's to get something out of them. He's not doing that. No. So what are you losing by firing him? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, yeah, exactly. You're losing somebody that keeps excellent charts and, and works really hard, and Derek Shelton doesn't have to deal with it. Well, maybe Derek Shelton should have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Donnie Kelly should have to deal with it. Maybe whatever they did at the end of 2020 or 2021 when they fired the last guy, you know, maybe maybe that's the way to go. Maybe less information on your players constantly messing with their heads and and worrying about every at bat as though, you know, everything in the world depends on it. Maybe just let guys go hit Mm -hmm. naturally for the rest of this year, see what happens and then try to institute some kind of a plan next year with a new person. I don't really care. I just want some kind of change, Ethan. Like you can't have this kind of a stretch of failure and do nothing. And you can't fire all the players, not in the middle of the season. That's just stupid. Especially if you believe some of them have skills, which I do. Yeah. I mean, there's a good portion of this team right now that I look at as guys that I would be watching wear this uniform for the next at least two or three years. At least. As long as, and I mean, that's a lot of the guys on this team. Some of them even further. 
Now, me and Gary might not know how to fix the Pirates' offense, but if our car ever breaks down, we definitely know how to fix our car because we could just go to eBay Motors and find the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices. Because the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply of course throughout the rest of this week we'll be covering this san diego padre series and then looking at yet another series against the milwaukee brewers all of these at home for all of you Buckos fans going this weekend i believe it's bucko luau weekend so uh go get all those uh souvenirs and stuff I believe that's what's going on. I forgot. I, I may have my promos mixed up, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on this weekend. So at least get some free merch out of it. Um, so in the top right corner for everybody that's on Twitter or on Twitter, for everybody that's on YouTube right now, sorry, I get all of my platforms mixed up. There's something I wrote in there called the group project thought process. And we kind of talked about some of that stuff already, but I want to explain myself on this thought process. Everybody, let's go back to high school when you were like, let's say a sophomore in high school in chemistry class. And you were in a group project with you and three other people. And you did all the work. You did all the research. You did all this, right? And... The other, there's another person in there that's trying, that's, that's trying to help you. Then the other two people are like, nah, we're not going to help at all. Then you fin you finish it. You feel good about yourself because you did all the work, but then they get some of the credit and blah, blah, that, that whole deal. Right. Then at the end, you realize your teacher forgot an entire segment of the chapter before you did the project that you forgot about. And your grade goes down from a B to a D because of that. That is what I'm comparing this Pirates offense to right now is it's a group project thought process because right now none of them are doing their job for the most part, except maybe one or two guys. The pitching is doing everything it possibly can. <clears throat> the bullpen is also surviving as I would call it right now with everything going on out there. But the reason I brought up the chapter analogy is going back to Andy Haynes He's the one teaching them to do this. He's the one saying, hey, dude, look at strike one right down the middle. And the person that infuriates me the most with, especially when I see him in the lineup against a righty, which is something we never usually see, is Rodolfo Castro. He never does that, man. He does that. I mean, literally, if he sees a pitch that he can hit, he is going to try to hit it. That is just who Rodolfo Castro is. And I know there's a lot to be said, too, about Brian Reynolds being on the 10-day IL. It sucks. O'Neill Cruz is still out. G-Man Choi is just starting a rehab assignment. I know those are guys that can help. But your offense should not be this bad. And at some point, I really wonder mentally for the starting pitching, Gary, what does this do to them? I mean, if, it really just feels like anytime they go out there, they can't make a mistake. Well, they can't. And and the, the offense right now, you know, a good offense, they you trust the next man up. Do you do you believe that anybody really thinks Austin Hedges is driving them in? No. Do you believe anybody really thinks Connor Joe batting third is driving them in? 
I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody on the team really does. They might say it. You know, I'm sure they think they're nice guys. I'm sure they think they're even talented guys. But right now, if I'm getting on base, I feel like I got to do everything myself. I've got to find a way to get to second. I've got to see if there's a way I can move to third on a base hit instead of just going to second. I might force myself to take a chance and head for the plate, even if it's not the greatest chance in the world and hope for a bad throw. Mm -hmm. I might try to steal third with two outs when I, you know, just to try to push the envelope and get something going. Right. And that's if you're getting on base. A lot of these kids aren't even getting on base. I think they have, they have four guys that are like one for 101 in the last in their last stretch, Jack Sawinski, G1 Bay, Rodolfo Castro, and Austin Hedges. Brutal. I mean, like, how do they keep playing? They shouldn't keep playing, right? And I'm not saying you flush all these guys, but we've got a minor league system right now. You brought up Nick Gonzalez. He should start. Sit Castro. Sit Bay. Yeah. Sit Hedges. Like, if, I, if I'm Derek Shelton, I come in on Tuesday. I don't care if I'm facing a lefty or a righty. Austin Hedges is not playing. No. G1 Bay is not playing. Tucapito Marcano is not playing. Rodolfo Castro is sitting. I'm making that bench all guys who have not hit. I'm tired of watching them try to hit their way out of a wet paper bag. I'm playing guys who are at least taking a better approach and at least aren't on a stretch that bad. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that interested me as well is that they brought up Nick Gonzalez. He starts the first day. And then if I remember correctly, didn't even play yesterday. Correct. He pinch hit and came in late, but I I think in all sincerity, his options are relatively limited. All right. Like Nick Gonzalez is not a guy that you necessarily want facing a tough righty that has a wicked slider. He, he never hit that in triple a. And I don't think there was much of a hope he was going to hit it here. That said, whoever he's replacing, guess what else there isn't much of a hope of happening. <laughs> so you play him. I mean, like it's the same with Davis, you know, why are we defensively subbing him in right field? The kid's, clearly fine out there he's making plays he's making good throws he's i mean besides that bugaboo where he threw it into the ground that one time but he he's getting the job done out there you don't need to defensively sub for him no and i uh and i tweeted it the other day too about you you mentioned something about what could it hurt letting go of andy haynes right and i want to retract something that i said because i at this point said that what would it hurt to bring up Andy Rodriguez as well? And now thinking about it in the middle of the show, it would probably hurt Andy the most sadly, because I just imagine now that Andy Haynes just kind of grabs him by the shirt and just takes him to takes him away and then all of a sudden that beautiful switch hitting catcher that can also play second in the outfield can't do anything. There's now, definitely a rotten apples thing developing yeah, and it, here. And it and it's unfortunate because I also know 
that if ND did come up here and is the same ND that we see in AAA, much like Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez, who was having a pretty solid June, those are guys that are supposed to come up here and help you. These are guys that you, like, as you mentioned, when they called up Henry Davis, you said, we should probably beat the Cubs tonight because he should bring energy to this team. He should, you know, get like, start off a little hot maybe, and then go back down to earth, but do something to help this team. But then you start watching the games and you see him take strike one, take strike two, swing at something in the dirt for strike three. That's just the philosophy of this team right now. Steeler fans always like to joke, run, run, pass, punt. That's exactly what Andy Haynes is doing. Look, look, swing, strike out. That's basically every single at bat. And and we should give some credit to the players too because it's their career. Yeah, it is. Well, if they're pushing back, if they're not pushing back on this philosophy, then that's on them. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you have to do what you have to do to get playing time, which means if they want you to do to look at a pitch every time, and and if you don't, you're going to get benched. You're going to look at a pitch every time. Mm-hmm. But when you're a veteran guy like Carlos Santana or Andrew McCutcheon or, or, you know, pick your poison. You shouldn't be allowing any message to turn you into a shell of yourself. I don't know. I just think we've seen this guy do a lot of this same stuff in Milwaukee. He got fired there. I think it's going to end the same way here. They're either going to be stubborn and wait till the end of the season, or they're going to do it now. And either way, I'm not sure that 2023 is salvageable. No, and we'll talk about that right now as well with the end of June already here. Uh, There's four more games left in this month, I believe. There's only 30 days in June, right? Sorry, I was doing the knuckle thing. Yeah, there's only 30 days in June. So we have four games left. San Diego and Milwaukee all at home the next week until – we speak again, and I don't – one, I'm not going to make any predictions for either of these series just because I don't know what's going to happen. But something that I can't speak on about what Gary said is 2023 salvageable at all. It's thir- you're 35 <laughs> and 42. Somehow, by God's green earth, you're still only five and a half back after this stretch. One week of hot baseball, and you're back there. But I just sadly now don't think this team is worth I, – I don't think they can do that anymore like I used to. I don't know how you could possibly feel good going into a series against the Padres. No. As bad as their record is right now, facing Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell. Mm-hmm. I mean, with this offense. And, and the, th- the thing is, Ethan, it wouldn't matter if I said Corbin and, and three other scrubs that we were facing. With this offense, nobody is somebody that you should boat race. I I don't know what else there is to say except for until this team starts to hit, there's absolutely nothing there. No. There's just nothing there. There, believe it or not, for for a team that has lost twelve of thirteen, they've been incredibly fortunate that the starting rotation has turned out the way it has. Record-wise, maybe it couldn't be any worse. But I can tell you just from getting enough innings this year, 
they're incredibly lucky. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen this pitching staff just constantly change. I mean, it's been, and that goes with the bullpen, that goes with the rotation. You're going to have Rich Hill, uh, Mitch Keller, and Luis Ortiz in this upcoming series against San Diego. You mentioned things to be lucky about. You mentioned it a couple weeks ago about Rich Hill. That's another thing the Pirates have to be really happy about is that he is still just trucking along at the age of 43. We just saw it actually happen yesterday to Marcus Stroman, where he had to leave the game in London against the Cardinals early because of a blister on his finger. Rich Hill has been, I believe, fortunately lucky, especially after that one game where he threw 119 pitches. The fact that you're still able to trot him out there every five days, especially without JT Brubaker available or Vince Velasquez available or any of these guys you thought would be available to you, it's a big deal. And this bullpen, we've seen it kind of fall apart too a little bit as of uh, over that stretch, but they've settled a little bit, I would Man. say, over the last couple of days. They've settled because they have not been asked to do much. Yeah. The rotation has been great. That's why. They're, they're skipping over most of the really bad parts of the bullpen because of that. Once you have to use the bullpen, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, All they have good. right now is David Bednar. As far as, like, I trust this guy to get three outs. David Bednar. That's the guy. And I, I really mean that. You get Carmen Majinski, maybe he's got some potential. He's looking pretty good. But, you know, they're using him in situations that a rookie just has no business being plopped into. Bringing him in with the bases loaded and one out or no out, you know, like, man, that's not fair. Like, no. I did they have a better choice, though? Not really. Not really. You got Yeri De Los Santos. Well, there's another rookie. Like, I, I don't know really what the answer is as far as the bullpen goes besides getting healthy. Um, but even that, maybe they made some rash decisions they, they, they'll, they'll grow to regret. You know, I think maybe they were a little quick on the trigger with with guys like Underwood, who at the very least gave you professional innings. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I know he's not a popular figure here. I'm certainly not pining for him. But he gave you more good outings than you're getting from a lot of these guys they're bringing in, right? Yeah. And, I mean, at this point, you just need the innings. Seriously. Yeah. You saw them just make a move over the weekend for Andre Jackson from the Dodgers. His stats don't look great, but at the end of the day, you just need innings. I mean, and he's got a big arm, and they think yeah. they could do something with him. And no doubt, they'll try to teach him to throw a two seamer, and because that's that's Marin's only trick, it seems. To so throw, we'll see yeah, what to, they do. Yeah, Lord, it's not a great time to talk pirates positively, man. That's no. just all there is to it. No, and, and everybody knows that I try to be, but at this point, um, it's kind of hard. Uh, there is one positive that there was a Pirates prospect in this file in the show. There was a Pirates prospect that snuck into the MLB pipeline top 100 recently as number 100. And I feel very deservingly so. Anthony Solometo, uh slid into the top 100 recently. And I'm telling you folks, it's going to be a minute before you see him. That kid is something special, honestly. He's in he double really- A, man. I mean, yeah. like... There, there's a shot that next year he's he's factoring in here and Jared Jones and Quinn Priester. The, the future is still very bright mm-hmm. for this team. And I, I think it's important to point out that 
this first wave of Tucapita Marcano and G1 Bay and Rodolfo Castro and and guys and Jack Sawinski even and and people along those lines they weren't expected necessarily to be part of the thing. Jack Sawinski, I think, worked his way into that conversation. But if he fails, it's not as though they weren't trying to draft more talent to like come up here. Like You're starting to see these number one picks come up. That's what they expected to get something out of. You're hoping this first wave, you get one or two out of it. Thing is now, how quickly can they make that decision? And when you jump to the next one, is it actually better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then not even factoring in that they have the number one pick in the draft in a couple of weeks. That'll also eventually factor into their plans in another wave. Because even with Gary mentioning waves here uh, to end the show, I mean, you have the wave we saw last year. You have the wave we're currently seeing. You still have the one that includes Termar Johnson and Anthony Solometo and all those guys. I mean, you could even argue that Termar Johnson's behind Anthony Solometo probably in that wave. And then whoever you draft this year is going to be another guy that could potentially be something for them. So they are creating positivity at the minor league level. It's nice to see. But as we've said at nauseum on this show, until something changes – does it really matter? I mean, that that's sadly where our thought processes are. Uh, of course, Gary already has, I believe you tweeted out three of the five, five thoughts at five done already uh, yesterday. So that'll be coming out today. Uh, his fan forum, of course, will be out later this week. You can follow Gary on Twitter at GaryMo2007. For me, I'll see you guys tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at LockedOnPirates or at MVP underscore Ethan. What's Give up? Give me one second, too. The, the Pirates fan forum last week, make sure you watch it. We did a special with uh, the host of LS, Locked On LSU, mm-hmm. uh, Caroline Fenton, and it was excellent. If you yes. think you know which one you're going to pick, watch that show. It'll at least make you feel okay with either of them. Yeah, and also don't watch LSU's game yesterday and make rash decisions. Don't, don't do that because I had it on at work. Don't do that. That game was – There was so much going on there, but I'll let you guys figure that out on your own time. My name is Ethan Smith. That is Gary Morgan. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you on the flip side.